You are listening to Plugged In, a podcast dedicated to the energy and utility industry. Each episode, our host, Mark Babin, speaks with industry leaders to bring you the latest information that can help optimize your operations. And now for your host, please welcome Mark Babin. Yes, hello and welcome everyone to a brand new episode of Plugged In, our energy podcast. My name is Mark Babin, your host. It's great to have you with me. Thank you for joining me on this episode. This is a big episode. We are talking about the buzzword of the decade when it comes to the energy industry, and that is, of course, sustainability. More specifically, we'll be looking at how businesses and providers can manage this long-term transition to sustainable energy, something everyone is talking about right now. From the why to the how, this episode will be sure to give you lots of actionable insights when we surround this sustainable energy topic. Now, joining me for this big talk is a well-regarded expert in the world of sustainable energy. We welcome CEO of Naked Energy, Christoph Williams. He brings with us an extensive amount of experience working with some of the biggest names in the world, BMW, Microsoft, Toshiba, Sony, and Ferrari. At Naked Energy today though, Christoph and his teams are accelerating the transition to net zero carbon by decarbonizing heat, something that is responsible for over half of all energy demands globally. Very happy to have Christoph here. He provides some great, great insights and actionable steps that you can take when we talk about sustainability. So enough of me talking. Let's jump into this interview. This interview was recorded live on the floor at eWorld 2022, so you'll have to excuse some of the background noise, but it's a great episode. You're going to enjoy it. Let's jump in and I'll catch you on the other side. Welcome to the show, Christoph. Uh, Thank you for being here. Really looking forward to tackling a pretty big subject. So again, thanks for being with us. It's an absolute pleasure. I look forward to speaking with you. Perfect. So let's dive straight in. Sustainable energy has been something that obviously was called greenwashing in the past. Every company just wanted to have something where it was a nice to have or perhaps a PR strategy, something more of a need to have now, especially with what's going on in the world. How are businesses reacting to that transition to something that's a need to have? Are they on board with it? Are they motivated? Are they pushing back? Are they afraid? What's the general feeling with businesses on the market? Well, I think it's, uh, the landscape has changed massively and businesses now are looking at their own operating margins and they're seeing them disappear or get very, very thin. Mm-hmm. And energy is, uh, after people, the second biggest variable cost for a business. So it's something they can do something about. And obviously, given the terrible events that are happening in Europe at the moment, that's sending shockwaves around the world and businesses are feeling the pinch. It's, it's gas prices, it's the electricity prices. Um, it, it is more expensive to run a business. It's as simple as that. And so uh, and it doesn't matter what your business is, whether you're manufacturing um, materials or uh, in an agricultural business or you're running a hotel, everything's getting more expensive um, and, and that includes the materials. So uh, yeah, businesses are they're concerned. So it's not just a, a climate crisis that everyone's been hearing about. It is now a supply crisis, energy supply crisis. So it's, um, yeah, businesses are concerned. And I think <laughs> when you mention about sustainability and the sort of the, the journey here, it's quite funny. You know, my grandfather was doing renewable energy in the 1970s and 80s. For 20 years, my grandfather wow. 
Peter Blenheim Williams was running uh, the clean energy division of John Lang in the UK. And he was doing wave power, wind power, uh, flywheel technology. And that was the, that all kicked off because the 1973 oil crisis. And it was a a phenomenal uh, sort of knee-jerk reaction to that crisis. And it feels like we're in a very similar one. Um, but the, the, the ramifications are, are probably more wide. But the difference now is I think people are taking it more seriously and businesses are taking it and communities are taking it more seriously. Yeah, because I think they're learning they have to. I like that you brought up the supply chain visibility because supply chain is something not a lot of people knew about in the past. Obviously, we had a lot of things happen in the past couple of years. The pandemic, the war, the Suez Canal crisis. It's yeah. ongoing, but supply chain became a massive issue. Does visibility to supply make people more conscious of their energy use? Visibility to supply. Um, well, I think everybody's aware now that the goods they're buying are getting more expensive, whether mm-hmm. it's the, the shipping, the logistics, or it's the raw material cost. So um, the imperative is now uh, clearly to, to make sure that the embodied carbon of the materials that you're, you're buying are, are, are more efficient and, and consumers the, the customers to those uh, big corporates, they are voting with their feet. They, they, they can see what the, the supply chain, so the scope three emissions of a certain organization is or, or the ESG metrics of a certain organization. So I think big business and corporation are having to change the way they behave because of what of market conditions. So uh, absolutely supply chain is, is becoming uh, super, you know, even for our own business. Yeah. We're, we're, we have a, a hardware and a digital offering but we, we are, have an acute awareness of the cost of our raw materials. And as a clean energy business, we don't want to be shipping product all the way around the world. We want to you know, have a short supply chain, create local jobs, and make sure that the embodied carbon is as, as, as low as possible. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a very important area. Does it make the sell for businesses a bit easier than maybe it was pre-visibility to all of this? Because now they understand that it's a bit tougher to get things and when it comes to the energy cost they understand why energy is a bit more expensive now so they're easier to convince that sustainable options are the right way forward rather than just another bubble yeah i think part of that as well is that talking about the uk for example um you know, we were very when i say lazy or, or blessed by having lots of north sea north sea gas and so we just had a almost infinite supply we thought of cheap fossil fuels from the north sea so we built homes that weren't energy efficient they were leaky they take a lot of energy to heat and and so now we're in a difficult situation whereby um, you know, we need to stop reduce demand and energy efficiency is is under invested it doesn't get enough attention as it deserves or investment i think hopefully that's going to come through now because you know, the cheapest energy you'll ever have is the one you don't use right so reduce demand then that means you're not as exposed to uh, where are you buying the gas from you know where is that supply coming from and it feels now that there is a screaming urgency about uh, becoming independent from uh, certain regions obviously uh, for gas and, and certain fossil fuels so it's it's it, the world that we're in is, is um, where we operate is in distributed energy. So it's, for us, what's really important is energy efficiency first. So take down the, the need for energy. Then if you can generate clean energy where it's needed, so that's on-site heat and power. And we have a, a hybrid solar technology that you know, it produces heat and power for, for buildings. Um, 
then you're reducing your reliance on imported fossil fuels. And so you're, it's a, a, a double win. Um, so that, that's what's critical for us. And, and we can see businesses and organizations who we had been working with before had had proposals from us and from some of our providers um, are now coming forward very rapidly saying, look, can we please deploy the technology now because we want to insulate ourselves against you know, uh, energy price volatility and supply. So on-site renewables, particularly heat, is becoming very, very uh, acute now. Okay. Um, so, yeah. Something there's an infinite supply of as well, as you mentioned. So um, with this rapid increase in demand, obviously when we see a rapid increase in demand, we see a lot of reactive nature of operators, businesses. Everyone's very quick. They, they need something now. That leads to short-term solutions because they're literally buying what's off the shelf or they're buying something that's hot at the moment. What's the key to a long-lasting sustainable energy solution, something that's going to last the test of time, as I mentioned earlier, and not just something that's going to work now, we can get it now? That's a tough question. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think if, if you're a business, you need to make sure that you're looking at the, the whole system. You're not just trying to plug one hole. But, um, you need to look at the... If you, if you are, say, running a, a hotel or a leisure center, you need to make sure you're looking at the entire uh, energy envelope and the building envelope. So you've got to look at efficiency. You need to make sure that you're um, buying products uh, that are high quality because otherwise it's a false economy. You'll be changing it again in three, four years' time. So I think that's really important is to make sure that um, you're buying from reputable organizations, um, but also that the design work is done right. Because when you rush, you don't think things through, we don't design them properly. And in the space that we're in, um, we're, we're very much focused on the heat sector because heat is more than half of all the energy we actually consume on the planet. Maybe, maybe a lot of your listeners might not even realize that. I never would have even thought of it. Yeah. yeah, so the amount of electricity we use on this planet is 17% of all energy. The amount of heat we need to heat and cool buildings is 51%. It's, it's staggering. That is staggering. But it, and, and not only is that staggering, 90% of that heat energy comes from fossil fuels. So uh, you know, part of my job is to raise awareness about this challenge. And I'm, I'm doing a talk in a, in a few minutes um, in the other hall about decarbonization of heat. Because unless we decarbonize heat, we're not going to get to net zero or carbon zero. So it's critically important because it's also 40% of all emissions globally. So that's heat we use for hot water, it's heat we use for space heating, it's heat we use in manufacturing and industrial processes. And it's hard to decarbonize because it's gas furnaces or gas boilers. And so that's why we think distributed energy, particularly solar heat, plays a really important role. That's zero carbon energy okay. where you need it, at the temperatures you need it for those applications. And and there, there are uh, arguments that you need the most amount of heat in the winter when the most supplies in the summer. Yeah. Exactly, there's a seasonality. Um, the, there is a solution to that. And you, you ask me the question, how do you make sure this is a long-term yeah. solution? Well, there is a long-term storage solution. So actually, you can um, store energy in water. So the sun is very warm, right? <laughs> that thermal energy heats water. And water takes a lot of energy to heat. But also... By contrast, actually stores energy really well. So there are projects in Germany, Sweden, Denmark, the Netherlands, uh, whereby they're storing solar energy in water for a whole season. So it's summer energy, solar irradiation, 
and it's storing it in either in boreholes or very large thermal um, reservoirs. And whole communities are off gas, uh, or they get a very high solar fraction, depending on the size of the, the reservoir, that you're taking huge a proportion of communities and businesses off gas for a big proportion of the year, and you're giving them zero carbon heat in the winter and the shoulder season from solar energy in the summer. And how amazing is that? And that's low tech. You know, that, that's not like something... It's really it, like taking a step backwards. Yeah, it's, lo- it's, not like, it's not like we've got to invent something new. It's, no. it's technology that's available today. And we can capture solar energy, particularly solar thermal energy. And there's, in, in Europe, there's 185 gigawatt hours of storage capacity already for solar thermal. There's 10 million systems in Europe. Wow. There's only 5 gigawatt hours of battery storage in Europe. So if you, want to, if you want to reduce gas consumption, if you want long-term zero-carbon storage, this is a really big way forward, particularly heat networks and large-scale solar district heating. So these solutions exist, and that's why it's really important that policymakers and, and uh, decision-makers realise that you know, solar energy is free. We've just got to capture it and store it in a cost-effective way, and that already exists. So we don't have to invent something new. It's the shift in thinking that has to take place. What drives that shift for a business operator wanting to make this move? Maybe they don't know it's still unsure, it's still new technology. But what drives that? Is it financial? Is there more to it than that? Than like just saving money in the long term? Is that still all the business cares about? Is there an ecological point of this? What do you see the key drivers? The key driver typically is always economics, isn't it? Always. It's, it's yeah. the green in the pocket, <laughs> rather than the green in the environment. But there are, there are some organizations that appreciate both. Um, but that's, here's, here's the thing. It's cost-effective already. So these systems in, in Denmark, for example, uh, these are megawatt-scale projects. These are, these are over 10,000 square meter arrays, oh, wow. and there's like a million cubic uh, liters being stored. And they are delivering zero-carbon heat between 3 to 5 euro cents kilowatt hour so it's already cost effective and you, you know where gas prices are today right so so those businesses they just need to know these solutions are aware and it needs policymakers to make uh, the right decisions to help raise a profile and make sure that capital is starting to flow and support these types of projects and and it's and it's you know, it's, it's taking more of a holistic approach approach as well it's not mm-hmm. just backing one horse it's which um, unfortunately it feels like there's a, a drive to try and electrify everything. And it is important. Electrification absolutely is part of the, the solution going forwards. But I just remind you that heat demand is three times bigger than total electricity demand. You know, and, and our electricity demand isn't fully renewable yet anyway. So you know, where is all this renewable electricity going to come from? So re- on-site renewable heat solutions is something that we really uh, we believe in mm-hmm. is should get more attention should get more focus as a way for Europe uh, and obviously all parts of the world, but particularly Europe, to get off gas and become more energy independent and more resilient. And it's made in Europe. The supply chains in Europe. It creates jobs in in Europe. That's from manufacturing to distribution to insulation, maintenance and monitoring. It's it's a complete no-brainer. When you talk about Europe and getting off of gas entirely, obviously with everything going on in the East right now and supply literally cut off, there's going to be some political pressures to make certain moves, there's going to be changes in, in uh, laws that have to be happening, and, and all of this plays well into changing uh, how we consume energy, but how do you ensure that this 
the water storage and heating up using the heat mm. isn't overtaken by the the public high of electricity. Obviously, with some of the big names, you talk about sustainable energy, everyone will go, "Oh, Tesla," or another electricity name because they have the share of that. But heat seems to be like it's obviously the better answer. But we're not there yet, where it's mainstream and yeah. talked about in the home. How do we get there? Well, we call it the cold elephant in the room. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Okay. So uh, you know, it's some reason like if energy efficiency it's not sexy yeah it's well, you know we try but selling power generating power <laughs> you know those sorts of things are sexy and and also maybe it's easy to monetize mm-hmm. you know a kilowatt hour of electricity it's pretty easy to monetize and you know, big financiers and investment groups have got have managed to sort of package that and it's become mainstream and there's more regulation in the electricity markets we don't really have that for the for the heat market so uh, that's that's an obvious gap yeah um, and you, know, you raise an interesting point. It is alarming because now in this current crisis that we're happening, you know, we're hearing about suddenly 200 new massive fossil fuel developments and, and sites being developed. Yeah. You know, there's a knee-jerk reaction now to diversify you know, further fossil fuel exploration and coal power plants coming back on because you know, they don't want people to get cold and they want them to have electricity. So it's, it's really quite, um, quite alarming and, and, and it's... It's brave decision-making to realize, don't go backwards. And you know, post-coronavirus, you know, to get economies going again means, oh, let's just start burning stuff. You know, yeah. that's, that's immediate the, reaction. That's it. That, panic you know, and go back to what we know. That's right, that's right. Whereas, you know, the frustrating thing is, you know, the answer's are already there, They're staring us in the face, the solutions, and it's, and it's combined. It's not just one product or one particular technology. It's, it's a whole combination. So it's a systems approach that, they, that is needed and, and real leadership. Um, so, yeah, it, it, now is the time, and we've just got to hope that um, that I think there is a, a will, not just from business, businesses and business owners, but actually, you know, the, the, the individual to do to do the right thing and realise, you know, where am I buying my energy from? What does that mean? What's happening in that in that country, you know, that, where that's, that that fuel's coming from, um, and being more energy independent and more energy wise. Yeah, for something we know that's going to change, we know more regulations are going to come into place. We need to capitalize and businesses need to be proactive in anticipating that rather than reacting to when change does happen, which humans just have nature to wait until something happens before they react. We want to keep that ball going forward. So everything happening in the world right now, the long-term effect of all of that, let's say in the next five to 10 years, do you see mindsets shifting where the average business owner will think in that way first on a sustainable option? Do you think that's literally where we're headed? I, I do because it's it's economic. Yeah. You know, it it the, the 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 tables have turned. It, it is now you know, that the, the renewable energy is at grid parity, and in some markets, it's cheaper than buying fossil fuels and the alternatives, and it's cleaner. So all the answers point to yes. That's it. So, so it's education. It's absolutely education. It's it's raising awareness and education. These solutions exist, and actually, I think big businesses and, and organizations are becoming. Actually, it's no longer sort of, you know, oh, God, do I have to? Do I have to put insulation in? Do I have to put on-site renewables in? You know, it's, it's, uh, it's becoming um, almost uh, well, fashionable. It's a terrible word to say. Yeah, but, you know, yeah. it, it is, it, it's got, you know, not only does it have to be done, but it also, you know, it's exciting, you know, to, to, to reduce your energy demand. I mean, I'm a bit biased because we're in this sector. But, you know, when you start combining really interesting solutions that are hardware and digital and analytics and AI and then be able to actually show your energy savings and then um, you know, educate others on, on this is how it's done, 
Um, you know, we're, we're in the middle at the moment, our, our company, of, of doing the largest solar heat project ever in the UK. Uh, we're we're going to announce it very soon. It's being commissioned. I'm still pinching myself. And I think, well, you know, this is an iconic building. We're helping them save carbon, save energy, save money. And it's going to be there for 25, 30 years. You know, it's just that, for me as a technology owner that's selling a solution, is, is amazingly rewarding, but also for, for the building owner. They're so excited to adopt new technology and know that it's part of their building and, and building a legacy. Will it take key milestones like that for education to increase? Because we need, obviously education is the big part, as we just mentioned. How do people get that education? Will it come from these key success stories? Is that the only true credible way to educate future integrators or future adopters? Um, I saw this great thing on um, LinkedIn the other day. It's someone I saw. He He's in the energy space, but he developed uh, a Lego house with... Um, it was a house that had uh, heat, mechanical heat recovery, it had uh, solar, but not just solar PV, solar thermal. Um, it had all these different solutions and heat pumps, all these like with Lego. And if he gets enough votes, it's going to get uh, Lego will build these. So imagine young children Being playing with Lego, building houses which are sustainable. That's, that's ingrained into them. It sounds you know, fake, it's so good. Exactly, but yeah. education can be for anybody at any age. Yeah. I didn't used to be in the energy space. You mentioned some of those big corporates. I used to be in the advertising world and, yeah. and, um, and, and uh, sort of marketing world. Ten years ago, I switched to, to renewables because we've got to do something. Um, and it's a steep learning curve. It's never too late to learn whether you're running a business or starting a business. You, know, you, you need to adopt a sustainable way of living and, and running businesses. And so I think education at any stage is so critical. Um, of course, having big reference projects is really important, but you need leadership from the top because you can only do so much bottom-up promotion. It needs really strong vision from the policymakers to, to say you know, we're taking a technology-agnostic approach. And for me, one of the critical things is it's the, when you're looking at that for an energy transition, it's about the lowest cost of carbon solutions. So there are certain solutions that are being backed, which are you're baking in carbon emissions for 20, 30 years. Whereas we, when we look at opportunities and solutions, it should be the lowest cost of carbon to, to generate that energy. And, and that is the, that's a critical thing that should, should be um, modeled into future policymaking. So it does actually make sense on all front, but it's just getting it known is what it seems like. The technology is all there, solutions ready. For businesses thinking about moving to a sustainable way, they're, they're having meetings about it, they're discussing how best to do it. What's kind of your final message to them on, on why they should take action immediately? Well, I don't think they need me to tell them the message. They're probably looking at their, their yeah. uh, financials. From, and the, from and someone the, and the who's bottom. an expert on developing the solutions around it. Yeah. Um, and there's another thing. There's no such thing as an expert. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. A well-educated yeah. uh, professional. But, yeah, I, I just think that um, you know, businesses right now, they'll just, they'll just see operating margins are disappearing. They'll see that their customers... You know, they, want to, they want to know that they are uh, conscientious about you know, the, the business that they're running, the, whether it's a, you know, a real estate owner, that they're actually being wise about the energy they're consuming. Um, and it's a, it's a pure financial play now. You know, it's, it is cost-effective to be sustainable and run your business sustainably. And it makes the top management appear conscientious and know they're doing the right thing, but also it works away through the entire business. That they know that the, the, the company is taking responsibility and, and they'll be more profitable. You know, it's a complete win-win. End of the day. Well, that's perfect. 
brilliant final message to end on. I really, really appreciate the time and, and the lesson you've given me today. It's fantastic. <laughs> I've learned so much just reading about what you guys do and just this conversation has been great. So really appreciate the time. Any final words before we sign off? Uh, no, well, just thank you very much. Thanks for, for, for chatting, giving the opportunity. And uh, yeah, hope, hopefully uh, your listeners enjoy the, the message. And remember, heat is half of all energy consumed on the planet. We've got to decarbonize heat. I'll work that in the title somehow. I love it. Oh, that's brilliant. Again, thank you so much for being here. Really appreciate the time. Brilliant. Thank you. And there you have it. What a fantastic talk. A big thank you to Christoph and Naked Energy for jumping on this sustainable energy topic. Lots to take away. I was taking notes during that interview. I hope you enjoyed it. It's clearly no longer a nice to have or a simple PR strategy like we spoke about. This is a must have. And I love what Naked Energy is doing, looking at it from a different point of view, but perhaps the very next step of where sustainable energy will become more than a short term solution and a long term transition. If you have any questions about what you heard on this episode, head down to the podcast notes. You'll find myself and Christoph's LinkedIn. You can reach out to us there, ask any questions you may have or add to the conversation if you want to do that as well. Certainly encourage it. Uh, And again, we thank you for joining on this episode. Plugged In is, of course, powered by AnyLine.com. If you want to hear more about what AnyLine is doing in the energy industry, head to AnyLine.com forward slash industries forward slash utilities. Lots of great content downloadable ebooks, demo applications, all sorts of cool stuff. So check us out there and we'll bring this episode to a close. Again, thank you for being with me. It's been a pleasure having you, a pleasure talking to Naked Energy and we'll see you all on the very next episode. Have a fantastic day wherever you may be. Talk to you soon. Bye for now.